Seems a web, any size. Can't you see? Just like guys, look out! Here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Thank you for listening to the Cinefinals Digest podcast. This is episode 14, and my name is Matt. This is Tom. And this is Travis. So on today's show, we have a couple featured reviews for you guys. So we're going to be talking about the new release, War for the Planet of the Apes, which is the third in a trilogy, planned trilogy. Uh, We're also going to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, we're going to talk about The Survivalist, as well as some other things that we've been watching since the last time we recorded. But before we dive in, uh, how have you guys been since the last time we uh, we were here? I've been doing some car shopping. It's miserable. There's too many options. I wish there were just There's like... so many cars out there in the world. I wish it was just the Model T. Everybody had the Model <laughs> T. <laughs> and then like... Everybody like, drives a Corolla. Oh shit, Tom decided to get the Model T in silver. Wow. But, uh, that would go great with your vanilla actually. milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> I got chocolate, all right? I stepped out of my comfort zone for some chocolate. You, are, you actually get vanilla ever? <clears throat> vanilla milkshake? Hell yeah, dude. Vanilla you would ice cream. order a vanilla milkshake. When I do soft serve ice cream, I like to do vanilla. So like a cone. Soft serve vanilla is pretty good. I'll give yeah. you that. A yeah. milkshake, though? Like, Normally I go strawberry. Strawberry is good. But chocolate is rarely my first choice. Should we fill in the listeners on our d- debate Wrong. right Wrong. now? <laughs> I think they're, they're getting it. <laughs> Are you talking about milkshakes? Well, we went to Dick's the other night, which is a local burger joint. Mm-hmm. And we were debating on what's the best milkshake flavor. The only options were well, of our strawberry options. and chocolate. Right. Yes. The Neapolitan selection. The Trinity, yes. <laughs> I go chocolate all the time. Chocolate's yeah. Yeah, the way to, to go. Yeah, Travis... Vanilla is just is ice cream. It's just a milkshake without the chocolate or something? Yeah. What, what, Vanilla what? is chocolate without the chocolate. Yeah, that's what it was. Because that's how that works. Because vanilla is not a flavor in itself. No, it's plain. It's actually less. Vanilla is defined it's as the base. other flavors. Yeah, it's the base. It's the, it's the seltzer water of ice cream. Isn't that what the color white is? The absence of... No, all that's col- all colors. Oh, okay. Oh. Black is the absence of color. Right. Speaking of seltzer water, I had my very first Alka-Seltzer. I want to say it was my first in my entire life. And it actually cured my terrible hangover on Saturday. Yeah. So, good. thinking about picking up a whole pack. Go to Costco. Yeah. <laughs> You're like one of those those uh, things that like the giant cheese balls come in, get uh-huh. like a container that size, but just alka seltzer. If you can guess how many are in there, they give it to you for half. <laughs> You'll never be hungover <laughs> again. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, I uh, could be getting laid right now, but I'm here <laughs> talking to you guys. Yeah, that's a sacrifice. I was uh, talking to this girl on Tinder, and we exchanged like two messages. And then this morning she she responded and it says on her profile that she likes dad jokes. Mm. So I was like, hey, you want to hear a good dad joke? And she was like, yeah, totally. So I said, uh, why did the cowboy adopt a wiener dog? Because oh. he wanted to get a long little doggy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think she got the joke. But if she did, her response <laughs> to that joke was, where is this? I'll she was. She was seduced. Her response to the joke was, ha ha, I want some doggy. Wow. And I was like, uh, mm-hmm. are you talking about what I think you're talking about? So my response was, 
when you're ready, come and get it. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> she lives like 20 miles away, so I was like, I don't give a shit. Uh, but then she, what did she say? She said, I was definitely, or wait. Never mind, this stuff isn't important. But anyway, <laughs> she was trying to meet up today. Mm-hmm. And I'm booked with my buds. So. That's right. You know, I really appreciate The world that. of Tinder. Mm-hmm. That's a good friend. It's a world unknown to, Don't for me. On. Me too, man. Yeah. I got out of the game so early. You know, missed out on all these technological advances. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I don't. Tinder wasn't a thing until after I started dating Chelsea. So, mm-hmm. I still don't really get like why college students are using Tinder all the time. So I'm at my girlfriend college. It wasn't Tinder. It was OK Cupid, but that's true. But like, it's a little different. It just makes it easier. I don't know. That's like the main opportunity you have to meet like organically yeah no you're not wrong people do do that but you know you strike out a couple weekends a couple parties if people see you on tinder they know for sure you're dtf then you see them at the party yeah and then you're like you don't even have that guy maybe that's why it just removes a whole step of the process (laughs) (laughs) you know at seattle pacific university that probably would have been frowned upon which is maybe why i'm having this reaction right now perhaps yes perhaps Uh, well, uh, Travis and I went to a street fair on Friday. Went to West Seattle Street Fair. Have you ever heard of that, Tom? Uh, no. Is it a food food festival? No, summer it's just like a block party, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, West Seattle Summerfest. Yeah? But, uh, yeah. How was that? That was people. It was cool. There was a Prince cover band playing called mm-hmm. Purple Main. Oh, I saw your video. It was awesome. <laughs> Tons of fun. That was good. And then went and got some drinks. Travis and his girlfriend, Chelsea, got some food. And then we met up again and watched Thunder Pussy, mm-hmm. which is like a... Seattle act that's blowing up, like the next Taco Cat. Okay, just like female. Yeah, they're pretty rock good. Band. Mm-hmm. So they were good. They're fun. All right, sounds good. But uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. Going to uh, Capitol Hill Block Party next weekend. Yeah, I believe I am as well. Travis hooked up those ticks. I actually I didn't pick them up beforehand, but I have plans to pick them up afterwards. Sweet. Matt, fill you in. Um, I might be going to Block Party on <laughs> Friday. <laughs> We're going to gonna see, be there, man. To see Run the Jewels? Or Hell what? yeah. To, well, see, to see my friends. Your friends with Run, Run the, the Jewels? Jewels? Yeah, those guys. <laughs> Killer Mike no, and uh, what's I, the other guy's name? LP. I'm right. mainly going to hang out, but there should be good, some good music. Do you like Muramasa? Uh, don't they have that one Their new album just came out, or cat, his new album, Cashmere I don't know. Cat? Is that Muramasa? Cashmere Cat is an artist oh. of himself. Does he have a song called Muramasa? You might be right, or it's like very closely titled to that. Is that the Hebrew rapper? That was a joke. That's why this Yahoo. But anyways, tickets are like sixty dollars, and I said if I could find cheap ones, I'd go. Mm-hmm. And this guy is supposedly supposed to sell me three of them for forty dollars each, and I knew Tom was in the neighborhood for tickets, so that's uh, cheap. Jeez. Yeah, Thundercat's gonna be there on Friday, and No Name, who's really cool. Never heard No Name, but I like Thundercat. <clears throat> you ever listen to that album Surf by Donny Trumpet with uh, Chance the Rapper does all the vocals? No, I have not. Okay. Well, she's featured on one of those songs. That's cool. All right, well, you guys want to dive into our Planet of the Apes review? Let's talk some movies. Hell yeah. Let's do it. We have a clip. Let's take a listen. You know I was here. I was told you were coming. 
joining you here. Joining me. To finish us off. For good. Who told you that? Okay, so... War for the Planet of the Apes. Plot synopsis reads, After the apes suffer unimaginable losses, Caesar wrestles with his darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest to avenge his kind. Directed by Matt Reeves, who directed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, but not Rise of the Planet of the Apes, right? Didn't Rupert uh, right. Rupert Sanders? Wyatt. Wyatt. Who's Rupert Sanders? He did, uh, I'm pretty sure he's the one who did Ghost in the Shell. Rupert Sanders, yes. Okay. Uh, Stars uh, Andy Serkis, Woody Harrelson, Steve Zahn. It's actually just all Andy (laughs) Serkis. He plays every ape, (laughs) mo-capped every ape. Uh, But yeah, this is the third and supposedly final installment in this particular storyline in Planet of the Apes universe. (laughs) What'd you guys think of the conclusion of the trilogy? Uh, I will say that it was not exactly what I was expecting, but I still loved it. Mm. What were you expecting? More war, like mm-hmm. a. Like I was expect. Okay, well, we, we don't want to get into spoilers, but let's. Yeah, we can we can touch on that, but I I, I see where you're coming from with that. <clears throat> I am kind of a hater for this. Yeah. This yeah. franchise? No, this particular. I mean, I didn't love the first two movies, but I was excited for this one, and I was sorely disappointed. Shit. Ouch. All right. Yeah. Let's fucking do this, guys. <laughs> yeah, this should be good. All right. Well, Travis, I'm betting that you probably liked it the most of the three of us. So you want to start with why, Things you, I why liked. you liked it? Well, yeah. Like, what, what was it about it? How does it compare to the first two, I guess? Was it on par Ooh. for you? Well, yeah. If They are all very good movies. I love all of these movies. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say which one I like the most. I might give it to this one just because they're, the stakes are the highest and it has like the biggest emotional impact um, because it is the finale. A good comparison would be the Toy Story trilogy. I guess, just because the third one has the most. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Because <laughs> Toy Story is way better. Well, I would say it's, yeah, a better <laughs> franchise, but this is, just... this is up there. This is definitely up there. <laughs> Uh, I loved the first 15 minutes or so, the first big war sequence. Yeah. That was awesome. Really pulled Opening me in. Opening credits, though, sucked. Not, not the credits. The Stupid Where, where it pulls up the yes. line and it's like, rise, and then it turns red. So uh, actually, I was... Dawn. Yeah, I, I meant to ask you guys if that was like referencing previous movies. I was like, did the original Planet of the Apes do stuff like this? Or... No, I think it was text. just that was just getting you caught up if you didn't rewatch the. Which was fine. I didn't have a yeah. problem with that. It was the like highlighting the specific. Yeah, world. yeah, that was unnecessary. That was cool, I also thought that that when I was watching, it, I was like, oh god. But that's so minimal. I mean, there's so much more it's going a super on. Don't worry, <laughs> I have other complaints. About this film. <laughs> but anyway, so continue. Um, yeah, love the opening 15, 20 minutes or so. Yeah, uh, they throw you right into it, and then. Um, the middle was very tense and it wasn't as action-packed as i was expecting but i thought it was really cool how it all played out and what i really appreciate about this movie is i was trying to guess where it was going the entire time and every time it just kept like proving me wrong so it just kept me interested throughout its runtime um the ending is 
very fitting for the trilogy. Yeah. It, uh i do okay well i did think uh woody harrelson was a really good villain as well his performance was good Mm -hmm. i feel like he was uh trying to channel uh what's his face from uh, apocalypse now marlon brando yeah marlon like half the time like his his voice sounded like he was trying to be like marlon brando Mm -hmm. and there was there was even an apocalypse now reference in the movie yeah apocalypse now wall but yeah i mean woody harrelson he was cast really well because he he's like perfect at playing that like unhinged like kind of you know kind of crazy you don't really know where his head's at but he's usually calm and collected he's a great alcoholic yes he great alcoholic. usually plays an alcoholic <laughs> yes, so i appreciated that his performance was good um the cg in this movie is fucking insane yeah it's yeah. it might be the best i've ever seen like Caesar in particular, mm-hmm. it's like photorealistic. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much they can get out of that motion capture technology. Yeah, I was blown away. Like it was really good in the first two, obviously, yeah. but like no, he looks am- he, all of it. It's real. definitely it's, it's, it's gotten better each movie. Like absolutely, if you go back and watch Rise, it it's still good, but they improve on it with each one. It's just so crazy that like most of the best performances in the movie come from the apes just the motion capture the way they can you know animate the eyes and the minute facial expressions mm-hmm. it was it, amazing it's all it really, about the apes man it really sold those like emotional moments because i think like, also as you know as an audience member member you're kind of fascinated with with the emotions on the apes faces just because they don't look quite human you know they're slightly different so you're it's i don't know you're just kind of watching for it to try and figure out what's going on inside can apes cry do anyone confirm or deny this? Because well, they do. They cry in the movie. <laughs> Probably. I don't. I don't know. I would assume I guess they, they can. They are supposed to be like because obviously they have tear ducts, yeah. and I guess they are supposed to be like hyper intelligent right. apes. So, so I guess it would make sense that if they're able, like to maybe more emotional capacity or could something. trigger that. Yeah. You ever seen your cat cry? When she had an eye infection. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Like this movie a lot. It's probably my favorite of the trilogy. It's pretty close with Dawn. I was not a huge fan of Rise, um, but I mean, I wasn't creaming over it. I also have some complaints with the movie, um, most of which I want to talk about in spoilers. But yeah, speaking generally as far as some like negatives I have with the movie, plot wise, a lot of very convenient things so happen at yeah, I could very see that. specific times. Which, most of the time it didn't bother me, but there were a couple specifics that we can get into that I was just like, man, like, that's, you can see the writer's hand there, like, you can just see every step of the way, it all happened just because, you know, it didn't feel organic, you know? Yeah, I would add on to that, (laughs) that uh, it doesn't, it it kind of uh, assumes that the audience can't follow (laughs) a, a more complicated plot. Or something in moments like there are specific times where they're trying to like sneakily follow a group and they're just like 200 yards in front of them in completely plain sight and it's like <laughs> what we can't follow tracks in uh, the dirt or something well, i don't know i f- i find that stuff to be very annoying especially since they're supposed to be uh like one with nature you know and have all these extra added elements to their ability to fight and to move around and all that yeah well i I mean as far as like the trilogy 
trilogy goes as a whole like there's definitely things you could pick apart about each movie mm-hmm. but i just think the stuff that they do so well outshines that yeah that's true it's yeah. kind of like the same argument i had for baby driver is like the stuff that it does so good it just makes me forget about all the little like nuances i'm particularly conflicted about this movie because like as like a big summer blockbuster it, it really doesn't get much better, if you ask me. Like, there are better examples, but it's just... Like, These are my superhero movies. The, you know, like, <laughs> the, the concepts that they're trying to explore, like, the, the twist that this series put on the original Planet of the Apes concept as far as telling the story from the apes' perspective yeah. and humanizing all the apes and making it their story, mm-hmm. I thought it was really smart. And it does touch on, you know, uh, as far as, like, morals and the difference between man and ape and kind of the, the politics of, like, internal struggles within humankind and stuff. That's all pretty, like, heady... For a summer blockbuster. Yeah. But going back to what Tom said, they hold your hand the whole way through. Particularly, uh, I did not like the score in this movie. I, yes. Okay. It was, it's, it's super bad, super in your face. Anytime you're supposed uh. to feel any kind of empathy at any point, it plays the same melody every single time. And it's so Fucking generic. Yeah, it's the, it's the piano. <laughs> it's the piano that <laughs> makes it like feel more emotional yes I, but it's it's manipulative but yeah it's like, it is those are those were really good moments i really I like the have... score though like i think it has like an epic epicness the, to uh, it the epic like the big drums like yeah it the, reminded me know, of like, like, a, the jungle like almost like a stanley kubrick type score at times yeah a little bit yeah i didn't mind that stuff as much as like i said the melody that plays anytime you're supposed to feel some sort of empathy for the situation yeah and also the music that played well, it's kind of spoilery. I'll, I'll remind me to come back to the music, mm-hmm. uh, but it was pretty generic. Uh, Michael Cuccino or whatever did the music. Yeah, he did the music for Spider Man too. He did the music for Rogue One. Like that guy's fucking everywhere right now. Yeah, well, he did it for Dawn. I don't think he did it for Rise though. I, I would, I yeah, I don't. I know he did it for this one, but I, it would make sense that he was on board. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, overall, like it's pretty long but it is the conclusion to a trilogy i mean it's not the fucking dark knight rises you know it wasn't pushing three hours but yeah uh, there was some stuff in the middle i feel like they could have cut i was kind of bored during the middle portion yeah i wasn't it was too long i wasn't bored but i feel like they the movie was missing like one more action scene in the middle to just liven it up a little bit you know but like you were saying the opening scene pretty exciting and you get to see like the apes and humans go at it where they're on like somewhat even footing right the humans have this element of surprise but the apes have like their their own territory i loved that stuff like that there's a scene in the beginning where you just see like mist in the trees and then all these apes start like coming Mm -hmm. charging out at you and it's like totally terrifying and awesome and i was so on board there but then they don't go back to that at all like, yeah. Why did they choose this plot for this move? Like you, sh- you should have done all of your setup in one and two, so that three can just be like a fucking Return of the King situation, <laughs> where it's just huge battle after huge battle. And that's kind of what I was. Expecting. Well, yeah, I totally. think that's what Travis. They should have too. drug out that first scene a little bit more, mm-hmm. or like had another scene like it later on in the movie. Because yeah. like the first fifteen minutes, I was like, oh my god, if this keeps up, like. This is gonna. This is like right at my alley. Like this is exactly what I wanted, but then it like takes a turn, and I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, but I like still enjoyed it. 
And then uh, the other thing I was going to complain about in terms of the action is that, like I was saying earlier, you've got these apes that are supposed to be like super intelligent, super strong, able to like swing around in the trees and stuff. And you don't get any of that. You don't get like cool tactics from the apes where they're doing like, you know, guerrilla tactics what? type stuff. No, well, you, you get cool tactics. You get, you get that in the very <laughs> beginning. But other than that, like there are... Their plan in the middle, like that's... You could... Okay, yes. Those are tactics. But that's like a whole... I don't want to spoil it, but that's like its own genre, that whole yeah, thing going definitely. on in the middle. We can get back to that because that was my least favorite part. Of the yes. Movie. What? Yeah. Absolutely the worst oh part God. of the movie. And... Okay, so uh, I'll come back to this, but let me, I'm going to say this and see if you guys agree with me. That part that we're talking about, mm-hmm. probably it's probably actually the third act, yeah. at least if you're thinking about the same thing I'm thinking of. It felt kind of slapsticky, like the music, the plan that they come up with. Yes. Uh, there's a new character who's also kind of a comic <laughs> relief character, which I didn't mind overall. But I actually like that character. His use in that particular sequence, though, was, I don't know, it just... There were a couple moments. So there's a new there's a new ape character, uh-huh. uh, and he can also talk. Uh, He's a buffoon. A Literally, buffoon? yeah. <laughs> Literally. Not, not a baboon. <laughs> he yeah, and they you know he was a cool character, but there were a couple times where it was just like, it's a pretty tense movie, and mm-hmm. I feel like there were one or two moments where they try and like get him in there for like a comedic moment. Yeah. yeah. It felt so out of place well, because it just went right back to being super bleak. Yeah, you know? I feel like he was necessary because the movie was pretty like bleak and like unenjoyable at times. So I did like how he kind of countered some of that. But a few of the times he would repeat his lines like one too many times and it was like, okay, dude, we get it. But besides that, I really enjoyed him. I did. I did enjoy his character, especially. When I love his name him. too, and like how he came came so, about it. Well, um, <laughs> he introduces himself. <laughs> well, can we just say what his name is? Or that's not a spoiler, right? I don't what's his name? What his, his name's name is. Bad Ape. Is that what his? That what actually, he was what his? Yes, that that's his name. Does? Is Bad oh, Ape. Oh yeah, you're right. And oh, the, yeah. that's why I kept saying it. The reason why. Like, I thought that was kind of annoying. Obviously, he gets he gets that name because the humans told him that a million fucking yeah. times. Right. <laughs> but I the like way that, he introduced right. himself, he's like Bad Ape. And he's like pointing himself. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was hilarious. Like he's so just like doesn't realize what's going on. I, he had some moments that I legitimately thought were when he came out hilarious. with his get up. I mean, that was. <laughs> I have a fair amount of spoiler stuff I want to talk about. Yeah, so I, I'll say, generally speaking, I did really like the movie. If you liked the first two, I would say definitely go see this. It was yeah. very much a satisfying conclusion to the story. And it's probably my favorite of the three. Because I'm a, I liked Dawn a lot. Rise was okay. Travis likes them more than I do, but I, I would say this is love these movies. If if not on par with Don, it might be a little bit better than Don. I really liked it. I just have some minor yeah that took me out of the experience. If I had a gun to my head, I'd probably go with Don still, just because I love the stuff in between like Koba and Caesar. I just that love good. that dynamic. But um, this one's like like if we're going out of a scale out of like a hundred, this one's like maybe two points below Don. Like it's it's so close. I think the movie does some things well, like you were saying, yeah. the the headier stuff, it does pretty well. Like, you feel for the apes. They feel like, you know, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know if they do a great job of showing the humanity of the humans as well as they do the apes. It's Which not I quite. I think was intentional, yeah. but I feel like it could have really brought it all together if it was more morally yeah. ambiguous. Because this is very much like the apes are who you root for. The humans. Yeah, I mean, this fuck, is Caesar's you know? story, like well, from the start well, it to finish. Mean you can't still like dive into just how complicated. No, the I know. Is, you no, know? but they introduced a couple of human characters where you're like, maybe this is going to be the person who's going to be like uh you know show both sides of the humans and that doesn't ever really tom humans out. suck okay we <laughs> suck <laughs> okay so i think it Go does apes. that stuff for the most part really well <laughs> but i thought that the whole plot was not great um and i thought that the action was underwhelming i thought most of the action was pretty good mm-hmm. there are a couple sequences that were okay Mostly toward the middle. Man, but there's, there's like, when Caesar, like, does a couple of things where he looks like he's about to rip somebody's head off, like, I get chills. And we just didn't get Yeah, that's true. I would have wanted to see... Why are we seeing that, totally. you know? More of Caesar just going ape shit. Full chimp. Pun it's intended. About ripping limbs yeah. as yeah. eating his yeah. family members. <laughs> no, not his family I don't know. members. I just think, I just Jesus think this, felt like, this felt like a... a, a not a trilogy ender. You know, it felt like a second movie or something. Like a character development type of a movie. For a large portion of it, yeah. I feel like by the end of it, it's very clear that this is, you know... It comes full circle, it's the end of... But I see where you're coming from with that, You know, sure. like when we saw the trailer, and you see the guys with the green lasers, and they're behind the waterfall, you're like, that scene is gonna be fucking incredible. Yeah, that trailer fooled me. And then it wasn't. It wasn't incredible. I thought that was like the end fight, like toward... Like the I like whole... that scene a lot. Actually. Yeah, it was cool. No, but I'm just saying like... Last the, movie, the... does the behind the waterfall fight way better. <laughs> the, the trailer fooled me. I thought that was going to be like the end sequence. Uh, like him fighting Woody at the end and all that. Well, I also, I swear there's... Maybe we should wait. It's called War for the Planet of the Apes. And I feel like there was some imagery from the trailer. It, it... Okay, I'm going to hold off on that. We'll pick it right back up. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into spoilers? No. Uh, no, awesome movie. Go see it. One last thing I'll say as far as it being a summer blockbuster movie, that it looks really good. Like, yes. Matt Reeves directs the shit out of this movie. Like, yeah. there's a ton of artistry that went into this. It looks amazing. Like, the shot, there's a couple really good shots. Uh, you know, the motion capture, the direction that he got out of those actors was amazing. Very, very good. Okay. Spoilers. For War for the Planet of the Apes, start now, so check the show notes. So, War for the Planet of the Apes, didn't the trailer, I, I swear there was an image of like a bunch of apes on horseback facing the camera like they're ready to like yes. take on an army? Yes. There was, n- I, there was, that's what I was Were they on at a the beach in, that, in the trailer or something? I don't remember them being on a beach. I they looked well, like they were ready. Involved, I think but. I only saw the trailer once and like halfway or most of the way through it I was like, god i wish i didn't see that so like i didn't watch any other trailers after that one time because i felt like it was spoiling way too much i was like i don't want to know any of this i thought there was gonna be like a huge but it was misleading return of the kings-esque like battle yeah and we don't get that at all right it it basically turns into like a prison escape movie Yeah. yeah and i was not super into that no i thought it was cool like it's you could tell that these, like, Matt Reeves and whoever wrote it, um, 
watched a ton of old classic movies like westerns or like big escape type movies like ones i haven't seen but you could probably tell that they're borrowed like from them i was watching silence again oh my god don't <laughs> even, don't compare silence to this <laughs> what i meant earlier when i said that, that Wait, what do you mean by that you know he's just in the he's in this fucking cell and he's just sitting there and he feels like shit and he's trying to get his life together and he's hung up on like a crucifix for a while and then it's just like there's way there's more the, going on dialogue, and no. like, oh my God. there's way more going on in this movie than silence fucking cells i don't want to see a monkey in a cell come on that was the first movie it's true. Ape. Yeah. Sorry. That is true. Offensive. <laughs> yeah, this is a PC podcast. <laughs> so when I had said earlier that I thought that sequence is a little like slapsticky, the music that's playing during that part was so bad. It was so strange. It was, it was, was it like, like bubbly? Boop, boop, With the little, boop, boop, the little, boop, boop, the children? Yeah. The children running around, they throw poop as a distraction, yeah. you know? Which, that sequence w- was fine, but just monkeys throwing poop. Like, yeah, you, didn't, you don't have to make that joke. Like, I get that that ended up working for them, but... Could have been a rock. That, in combination with the music, in combination with Bad Ape, like, sticking his head up through the thing, and he sees the foot, and he's like, oh, and he, like, ducks back Come down, on, and he's, good. like, waving the ape, <laughs> shaking hands. Like, totally, it was so out of place for me, that whole sequence. Until the apes finally get out, and then it turns into like a full blown battle. Yeah, that was when the shift happened. But I did I not know. like that. At I all. think it were, like a movie I watched not too long ago is Rio Bravo, and like there's a funny character in that movie that reminded me of Bad Ape in this movie because it's a big long journey. It's like mm-hmm. three or four guys who are trying to like protect that. a town. Yeah, and then there's this I forget what his name was, but like his character was always just trying to be the funny guy. And so, like, I could see where they're going with with this bad ape character. Did it work 100% of the time? No, but it worked most of the time. Yeah, I guess I can get on with that. I, I did like his character, and his performance was really good. I liked yeah. him a lot. Well, does a good I character. didn't really, like, I was trying to figure out who the voice was the entire time, and then once I found out it was Steve Zahn, I'm like, that makes it even better. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's Steve Zahn? He's in, like, Strange Wilderness and Joyride. Um,. He was in, you would recognize, uh, isn't he in um, Saving Silverman? Yes, he's the main character like with who's Jack Black. Jack Black in that movie. Mm. You would recognize him if you saw him. He's he's usually like a character. I mean, like funny character guy. Actor. He's like a smaller. He plays smaller parts, but he's been in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. over the years. Anyway, he did he did the voice of mm-hmm. that ape. Um, let's talk about the other main new character. I got you, Tom. Nova. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck was she in this movie? I don't know. She's supposed to be the bridge, man. That's what it is. But it, yeah. every single time she had a moment, it was literally just to try and make us feel empathy for the apes. She like, was really was... good, though, especially for not having any lines of dialogue. Like, the way she emoted. Like, I didn't think she was that great. I love the scene in between her and Maurice. I thought that was a really touching yes, that scene. that was a really good scene. But Which scene? Where she's asking, like, if she's an ape, too. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a little weird. She's, like, way too old to think she's an ape. Mm. <laughs> we're in an alternate universe here well i mean we're meant to assume that she has steve's on oh yeah 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 we're this meant to assume she has <laughs> that disease right so we should oh yeah she that. did so there's yes. the uh like a the, the virus that wiped everybody out in rise of the planet of the apes apparently mutates and is turning humans into like primitive life forms yeah so they can't talk i think we're meant to assume 
Is that all it is though? You just can't talk because she was totally cognizant. Yeah, you can't tell. They're not the clear rest of about, Yeah, they didn't. The other, I that was a really wishy-washy kind of gray area that I also did not appreciate. It's a cool concept, but they didn't do a very good job with it. I thought. Yeah, I don't know the extent of it, like how severe it gets or how long it takes, or if like you literally just can't talk and that's like the main thing of it. But Woody Harrelson was fine, yeah. and then within like hours, he was already like could not talk at all. Right, he couldn't talk, but besides that, like, I think he was, because, so we should just clarify really quick that how he gets sick. Woody Harrelson? We're in spoilers, so. Sure. Yeah, so Caesar is captured, and then he's about to die, basically. Um, The little girl sneaks in, and she's the one who is able to give him food and water so he survives, but she leaves him the doll that she's been carrying the whole time. And then when Woody Harrelson, um, isn't it when they all escape? He's like, what the fuck? And he picks up the doll. That's how he gets sick. No, it's not when they all escape. It was when they came to grab Caesar. Right, right, right. right. the doll in there. Yeah, and he picks it up. Where does this come from? And then, yeah. But then he gets sick later on. And his whole thing is is that he does not want to, like, get that sickness whatsoever. Like, he's so against it that he killed his son who had it. And so when he gets it... He kills himself. I mean, that's why... I mean, we should also mention, like, the climax of the movie is that there's an impending attack coming from humans because he's basically a defector. And it's because of the tactics he used to basically, like, wipe out that outbreak because he just, like, killed everyone who had the symptoms and quarantined them. So we're meant to believe that there's going to be an attacking force coming to wipe them out. And it's like, what... They got fucked up. There was no... They did not stand a chance at all. God, again, like, I thought that would be a more interesting... Like, again, the plot just does not hold up in that in that instance because it's, like, so obvious. They get fucking troned. Like, there's no... There's no... And there's then no they they don't put up a fight. Okay, I guess they take out a couple helicopters because the helicopters just fly straight in. God. There's right, there's right. so much conflict though then, during that time. They show up <laughs> so with weird. fucking tanks and thousands of foot soldiers, and then Avalanche mm-hmm. kills everybody. But the apes can climb Sees trees, it. so the apes are fine. Yeah. Hello. Too much, dude. What? Okay, but also like <laughs> Hello. the strongest species is gonna again, survive. The super smart apes. They're like, oh, I'm pretty sure that there are some soldiers in this little village where they find the girl, right? Where they find Nova. So they're just like, well, I guess we'll just ride directly into town on horses. <laughs> you know, that's their approach. Like, I, I was so uh, just distracted by how ridiculous all of those scenes. I liked all the themes of war, though. Like how like so many people are conflicted, and like you aren't always going to make the right decision, and like a lot of your decisions can come back and haunt you in a way. I like when they decided to leave that giant tank full of explosive liquid. Right behind there. Well, yeah, that. And like what Matt was already alluding to with Woody Harrelson's character. Like what he, his actions basically brought on these, this other troop to come attack them. I did really like that moment where Caesar's charging toward it and he has the grenade and then you just see him take the bullet. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Like, yeah. Like, did you trip? What the fuck? Well, no, it was clear he got shot. (laughs) <laughs> but then you know then they have that moment which i did like the moment where that other ape oh we should talk about donkeys that wasn't in dawn of the planet of the apes was yeah it? donkeys were donkeys are new right wait what donkeys 
Well, no, that was just his their his nickname. No, was, all of them. Yeah, they, they all, all had them. donkey written on their. Well, though, though, that was their nickname. Like the humans gave them that nickname. Yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. Where are you? Right, but that's not in this. That's not in the second one. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but well, what, are you what is that significant? Like, why is that, that such a big a deal? Why is that such a big deal? Talk about the donkeys. They're not donkeys, though. They're they're called. Oh my god. The concept of these apes who defect and work with humans right. and are basically just servants for humans. Yes. Now I don't want to talk about it. No, no, no. just like railroaded me. No. Go ahead. I just didn't know where you were going with that. I just went there. I just went right to my point. There are apes who defect and work for humans. And I thought that was a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was but cool. But the humans treat, treat them like shit. Yeah. But they didn't realize it till the end. But yeah, so then there's a particular donkey who they do like the, you know, the sad music, slow motion. He's watching everything happening. You can tell he's like conflicted on the inside. And he ends up saving Caesar right before the human who I thought they were trying to set up as like kind of a morally, you know, because he clearly he was saved by the apes. And so I thought yeah, yeah. maybe he would try and be the one who ends up empathizing, but really he was. He I think was that was just either. it was to throw you off a little bit. I think which is fair. Yeah, yeah, but right at the last second, he gets blasted with a grenade launcher. Yeah, because he like, got he got spared by Caesar, so like he had a chance to spare Caesar in that point, but he didn't. And it just goes back to that whole war theme. Like you have two decisions you can make. One could be wrong, one could be right. Which, well, I don't mind that. It's just how convenient that whole setup is because they, this is big emotional moment. You think Caesar's, he gets hurt. You think the plot's going to fail. He's about to be killed. Dude gets taken out with a grenade launcher. He finished the job, you know, just like so many little moments like that that were just too convenient. Yeah, no, there's, there's definitely some convenient moments. I mean, through the whole middle of the movie, it's like, like why don't they just kill the apes like or at least kill caesar like he's your biggest threat mm-hmm. and like they just string him along the entire time like that part of the movie was just like like why don't they why don't the soldiers just kill him but it's a movie so they have to sh- well, bring the plot along <laughs> it's not where i thought the movie was gonna go but i mean that's basically it was essentially an internment camp yeah you know? like you could make that same argument like why didn't we just kill all the japanese you know like <laughs> They kept well, at least kill, like, Caesar, like, the biggest threat, the That's leader. definitely true. Like, why the fuck would you not just kill him? He's the best worker. <laughs> what was the point? Like, oh, separate him from the other apes. Like, yeah. Speak with sign language. Are you fucking dumb? Like... Yeah. <laughs> okay, we need to get moving. But... Uh, the more I talk about this movie, the more annoyed I get with it. Yeah? Honestly. I do still really like it. It's just... I was very entertained. It gives a passing grade for me, but, like... I was just bummed out. I thought it was going to be way more like, like I said before, just giving me the chills with crazy, crazy shit. Crazy action scenes. One last thing. Well, not necessarily one last thing, but I definitely did cry at the end. The Caesar moment. It got me. See, it didn't get me, but I usually don't cry during movies, but I just felt like it was something that needed to happen. So it was like more like I was just okay with it happening. It was just, I mean, after everything they went through, yeah, you know, I had forgotten he was hurt. You know, they make that whole journey, and then he gets there, and then it's just, oh, right. Like, he wanted to make sure his people got there, yeah, which, logistically, like, he would have, that was a long journey. Like, that's yeah. why fuck out. I was, once again, annoyed. Yeah. I was like, oh, this extremely difficult journey across the desert that's supposed to take fucking forever, and... Oh, nobody noticed that our leader was bleeding. <laughs> yeah. the side nobody the noticed time that he with, was like, hurt. Like a pierced lung or something. Yeah. 
That's true. Ah, it's fine, whatever. And the movie should have ended about 30 minutes earlier. It was pretty long. It was two hours and 20 minutes. Like yeah. 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. yeah. Anything else before we do star ratings? No. <laughs> three. Four and a half. Three? Three. three. I thought you gave it three and a half, Tom. I changed it. Ow. After this conversation. <laughs> I changed I feel it like Caesar at the end right now. <laughs> Just blindsided by your arrow. Uh, five stars. For sure. <laughs> One of the best things of the year. <laughs> of course. All right. But, Fair enough. Well, Perfect movie. This trilogy <laughs> is a five across the board. No, no, no. Don, yes. Don no. was a four and a half as well for me. They're Rise, all fives. Rise is like... A light four. They're all fives. It, it's an amazing trilogy. It is a very, it, as far as like big Hollywood trilogies go. I mean, I think they're fun movies. I just, I just, I felt like there were so many missed opportunities. Yes. Not perfect by any means, but really well done and Lean into a lot the of stuff fun. that is unique about this film. Don't, don't give me some sort of prison break with. You want more sci-fi? Huh? Go watch the old ones, Tom. You want no, more sci-fi? Sci Get out of here! <laughs> I want more apes doing things only apes can do. Like what? Know. Throw poo? You got that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get moving. Uh, we have another review. We are going to be talking about Spider-Man: Homecoming. We have another clip. Let's take a listen. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. All right. Spider-Man Homecoming is the latest Marvel film. One of like three or four thousand at this point, I think. Uh, plot synopsis on this one reads, Peter Parker, with the help of his mentor, Tony Stark, tries to balance his life as an ordinary high school student in New York City while fighting crime as his superhero alter ego Spider-Man when a new threat emerges. What did you guys think of Spider-Man? Quick question. Mm -hmm. Is Spider-Man always in New York City? Or... Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not some made-up city. No, always New York City. Um, I liked it a lot. This is my favorite Spider-Man. Probably my favorite Spider-Man movie, but also I like the actor for Spider-Man. Yes, absolutely. He is by far the best Spider-Man. They nail Spider-Man the character in this movie. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Spider-Man was always my favorite Marvel superhero growing up. I loved the old cartoons. I used to read some of the comics. I loved the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. I fucking love Spider-Man. But what the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies didn't get was, one, I mean, the character, at least in the beginning, is in high school. Mm -hmm. um, 
this nails that part of Spider-Man's character because there's a lot of high school stuff in this movie, yeah. which I really liked. But he's also really funny and a smartass. Yeah. And this movie nails that, too. Like, they tried to do some of that yeah. in The Amazing Spider-Man, but well, Andrew Garfield was not a good... I just rewatched Spider-Man. the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire this morning, and there are parts where he does try and be, like, the funny, witty type Peter Parker, but... Yeah. They're pretty few and far between. And it also, it just doesn't and work it, as well coming from him. Right. As it does because when he kid. does do that, it's almost like out of character. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So I'll just come out of the gate and say this movie was everything I would have wanted from a Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Me it's too. like, it might be my second favorite Marvel movie behind Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I loved it. I will say I did enjoy the movie, and there are things to praise about it, but I feel like a lot of the praise is is mainly like how well they got Spider-Man, like this rendition, like how well they did it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people's praises are like he nailed Peter Parker, like he they nailed the high school stuff. Um, yeah, a lot of like the side characters. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. I feel like at least like half of the praise of this movie is just like how well they they treated the character itself. And if you're not like a super Marvel nerd or you know, like, if you don't really <laughs> care that they nailed Spider Man, you're yeah. just viewing it as a movie, right? If you're just a casual moviegoer and you don't have any like background of the Spider Man character, like you didn't grow up with the comics and stuff, like that stuff's not going to hit you like it does with people That's who kind do of do that. Like what I had to say about Logan. Which is that if you're just watching it as a movie versus someone who has like a deep appreciation for the characters, then you know it, you might not be feeling some of the praise that other people. Put. Yeah, I I don't think as much though. Like, because with Logan, we got all those X Men movies, so there was definitely like a gradual. Right, that's a little bit different. Yeah, <clears throat> but with this one they're Seriously. rebooting it, so um, it's. Um, I liked. I really appreciated two things in particular about the plot one was that it was kind of low stakes yeah and that's totally appropriate that's what they you know wanted to do i really appreciated <laughs> not seeing the universe get saved um and they like worked in the avengers in a pretty cool way it was clever it was How they it tied was it into the like the larger marvel mm-hmm. universe um uh yeah. even though tony stark bought it bothered me in this movie he was a little annoying he was kind of underwhelming in this movie yeah. usually he's he like the best part of every movie he's in but yeah. yeah they saved all the good writing for Spider-Man. well he wasn't even in it though that much to be honest uh-huh. he's in it a fair amount a few scenes enough a that, few scenes enough that he felt underwhelming yeah you know? yeah but uh the other thing i really liked about it was that it wasn't an origin story god thank god yeah it was nice that they just skipped over all that stuff because especially like watching the yeah. first one today like the first hour is just like getting the movie set up and it's like yeah yep we know mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway i thought that was i thought that was just a welcome reprieve from the old spider-man lore you know so yeah and i mean at this point we've seen five spider-man movies you know so that the mm-hmm. fact that they didn't do another origin story. They they tied it into the Marvel Universe in a clever way without doing a full-on origin story for the character, mm-hmm. which I yeah. really appreciated. Because I guess we should say, which this will be a good segue into Michael Keaton, so the villain in this movie is Vulture, 
is played by Michael Keaton. Birdman. Basically, Bird, a.k.a. Birdman. <laughs> but basically, the way that they kind of tie the Marvel Universe into Spider-Man is they have, uh, in the Avengers, there's the invasion, all the aliens destroy New York City, so they... Michael Keaton is like a... Uh, he has like a construction company and they get a government contract to rebuild the tower to make repairs of the tower yeah so that was from the avengers which i never saw i was wondering i figured it was from the avengers what? yes age of ultron no. or just the first oh, okay when did that come out it came out in 2009 so they're totally going for the eight years ago thing because it says eight years later yes okay. so that's what that was that's what that Wait, what was. came out in 2009 avengers came out in 2009 but he's saying this movie didn't come out in two thousand nine. Two thousand oh, it was like two thousand eleven. Wasn't Flag it? probably yeah. Because Incredible, <laughs> Incredible, <laughs> Incredible Hulk was two thousand nine. Um, because Iron Man was two thousand eight. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> okay. Michael Keaton's construction company gets the government contract to rebuild the tower, and then Tony Stark's new like I don't remember the name of the Department of Alien whatever comes in to handle the restructuring so they basically steal some alien technology and use that to create weapons and stuff so that's mm-hmm. kind of the plot of the movie i thought that was kind of a clever way of tying in you know the general marvel universe into this spider-man story which did feel very small in scale which like tom said i really liked that i like mm-hmm. the stakes were lower which yeah. is another main reason why i liked captain america's civil war so much the stakes felt lower in that one too, and it was more about just the characters. I haven't seen Civil War. Have you Still? seen? No, no, haven't it's seen I like Soldier or Civil War. Those are two of the best ones. I think the only ones I've missed is Thor two, Age of Ultron, and Civil War. Mm-hmm. You should catch up with it. It's good. Um, I Michael, probably will now that we've been watching good Marvel movies. <clears throat> Michael Keaton was. Really good. In this. I really liked him. Yeah, he was one. good, and I I love the look of his suit. It yeah. looked pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, it looked awesome. Mar- Marvel. Well, just his character in general, like yeah, even him in his like little like fighter pilot jacket mm-hmm. looked cool too. Yeah, that was all really cool. And Marvel has had a problem lately with like super underwhelming villains. I didn't get that from Michael Keaton. Yeah, I liked what they ended up doing with his character. I wouldn't say it was unexpected. It's kind of spoiler territory, but what ends up happening with his character. Uh, while not completely unexpected, I thought it was pretty interesting in what ends up happening. I didn't expect that, that coming, though. No? Mm-mm. I kind of thought that might be happening, but... Yeah. Well, once it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, I probably should have. <laughs> right. <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I, that's exactly... Man, I never try to think ahead. I know. I never see anything coming. Always blindsided. Like, holy shit. What? No way. <laughs> but after the fact, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty obvious. <laughs> He was great in this movie, though. Uh, I love Marissa Tomei. Oh, my gosh. Just in general. I love her so much. And she, that is just, like, tonally, they're, once again, just nailing it with Spider-Man. You know, none of this, like, bogged down, old person, like, depressing shit. It's all, like, upbeat, happy, you know, quippy, yeah, fun stuff, and you got, like, hot old Marissa Tomei, who's, like, funny and, uh, you know, can relate to the kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it just... It's just hitting. That's the right true, because like this movie did have stakes, but it was mostly fun. Like mm-hmm. with the first Spider-Man, there's not a lot of fun going no. on, and that's what Spider-Man is all about. Like yeah. they can, Spider-Man can get pretty dark, but 
you know, by and large, it's about, you know, the one-liners, the the high-flying crazy antics, which I thought they also nailed just, like, Spider-Man's agility in this movie. I also really liked, um, he gets a suit, mm-hmm. and they, they unlock, like, the true potential of the suit, and there was some fun stuff with, like, the AI in the suit. Like, yeah, the instant made mode, it more modern. Every time. <laughs> yeah, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Although I like Suit Lady more. Oh, yeah, Suit Lady. <laughs> Um, I really like that. I just, God, I love it. He's coming into his own, too, so he's not, like, a crazy dominant superhero, right? He's got, like, raw powers, but he doesn't know how to use all of them, and he gets, he gets knocked around a lot, even Mm -hmm. by just, like, kind of rudimentary thugs for a normal... One problem I do have with Spider-Man, though, is that, like, he gets his ass kicked, and it doesn't really affect him that much. Did you ever hit a spider before and see it just like scuttle away afterward? <laughs> Don't give me that. It's, it's a fucking rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he'll get like crushed by something but then just be just fine. But he doesn't... He's a superhero. He doesn't really have superpowers though. It's the suit that gives him no, the superpowers. No, 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 no. He has superhuman strength. Yeah, and he can jump really high and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, he's a legit superhero. Well, that happens in Civil War. You didn't see Civil yeah, War. Yeah, I didn't see Civil War. Yeah, no, he is a legitimate superhero. He can't organically shoot webs. That's what the web fluid and like the. Well, this is. He can't walk on walls without the suit, but he does have super strength. There's a big moment at the end that made me, I guess, think differently because he's like, he needs his suit at that point. He's not. No. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but he doesn't need his suit. Hold on. That's there's a struggle. That was, that's not what I was going for. He was... Okay, we'll get into that. But that's not why. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not Superman strong, but he is superhuman. He has super, yeah. Like, Captain America is very strong, but, you know, if he was in that same situation, he would have had a hard time getting out of it, too. This comes back to the the graph that we need, right? Who yeah. has the most strength? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Dragon Ball Z-esque graph yes. of power. So, okay. Uh... He can't walk on walls without a suit. I don't think he can in this movie. Was he able to without it? Toby McGuire well, can. There's just, I just remember... Well, I've he's re- an actual spice. <laughs> specifically remember one scene where he's wearing his Bush League suit, his homemade thing, and he's like sliding across the ground and then he does, you know, his... You know how Spider-Man's fingers are always like delicately mm-hmm. placed on the ground so you can tell it's just his powers keeping him there? He does that and I was like, okay, I can't tell if he has this ability or not. Okay, maybe that particular ability. I, I don't know. I just but the I wasn't other thing paying was, that close attention to it. The organic web shooters, are those canonical or not? No, he that is. So in the comics, Spider Man makes that stuff. He makes it. Okay. In the Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies, he can just shoot webs out yeah. of his wrist. Okay. But no, he yeah. They did they brought that back with Amazing Spider Man because Andrew Garfield also builds Okay. Yeah. No that yeah, that is canonical. Good. I was slightly bothered by the possibility that it might not be canonical because I didn't want them to stray. I don't know why. I'm not even a comics guy. It just kind of bothers me. Because he's a super smart kid. So part of the thing with his yeah. is that he developed his own technology. Yeah, he's doing that thing in class where he's like, oh, we're supposed to be doing this with chemistry, but I'm doing something crazy. Yeah. You know? It's like, I, because I thought that Peter Parker was supposed to be super smart, but you don't really see that in the other movie. Well, I mean, maybe Garfield. I don't remember it that well. Not, not in the Andrew Garfield one. You do get that a little bit in the Spider-Man one, right? I mean, he is supposed to be, like, very smart. Oh, yeah. He's like a, like, like a, a total nerd. Like. Yeah, but, is he, but he doesn't really get to show his smarts that much. No, not necessarily. But it's just known that he's super smart from the get-go. Yeah. 
But well, well, anyway, I was just curious about whether or not that was in the yeah. comics. Well, I was going to say that I did like this movie. It's very enjoyable, but there are some things working against it. Like it's the third attempt at a Spider-Man franchise. What? What? what that's just you holding that against. That's <laughs> no, just I know. superhero fatigue. No, I know. Yeah, but I can have that experience watching the movie. Yeah. Like not only is it like the millionth Marvel movie, but it's also like the third attempt at a Spider-Man listeners franchise. with superhero fatigue should be yeah. paying attention right yeah now. <laughs> turn your volume up just a little bit <laughs> and although i did like the smaller stakes i feel like the the ending like big finale sequence was pretty underwhelming like a, as from a, like a fight sequence i think I, it felt pretty underwhelming well i like that it wasn't like wonder woman you know you didn't just have two like godlike figures just like brute force fighting each yeah. other i liked how I'm not, they handled the final i'm not sitting here defending wonder woman though well okay sure but you know what i mean <laughs> neither yes. of the final yes. fight scenes are that incredible for I, me i and liked that it wasn't i mean i did like the we can get into that stuff but i did like the final like the climax of the movie the final was, confrontation between him and Vulture, I guess. Yes, it was good, but I feel like it should have been a little bit more grand. See, I don't agree, though. I feel like then you would have had the Wonder Woman problem where it feels smaller and it's like lots of ordinary people and then Wonder Woman, and then you just have like this huge clash of superheroes. I liked that it was, it didn't blow it out of proportion, you know? Like it was bigger, it upped the stakes, but it wasn't. It didn't feel out of place like that did for me in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Sense, you know? I liked that they didn't take it too far. Well, and... it would have been easy to take it too far, you know? Yeah. And some of the stuff I like visually is just like Spider-Man flying through the city with his webs. And that was like completely missing from this movie. Because like even like playing the video games, that's the funnest thing to we do. It's stuff. just like... There's stuff. Not a lot, though. Mm, yeah. I not mean, just him I, like... It, huge like epic swings right. through the city like there, you don't yeah, see any of that there's so much of that in every other incarnation of spider-man though it would have just felt familiar you know yeah i get what you're saying because that is super cool but i mean they would have just been rehashing because there are lengthy swinging sequences in those toby Maguire spider-man yeah. movies and they do look really cool but hey they might look even cooler in 2017 a lot of people <laughs> they definitely would. A lot of people had issues with this movie because of how CG Spider-Man looks when he's in action. Mm. I didn't really notice it that. Much. I think obviously it was CG, but I think maybe the suit is giving that impression, which I really liked the suit. I thought it looked Yeah. Cool. I thought that was just part of the way he moves cuz he's very like agile. It didn't take me out of it, but anytime he's doing any kind of like action, it's all CG. Yeah. And that has been one of the main criticisms of this movie is that it looks too CG. Well, yeah, I took like, them out of the movie, but I didn't have that. Effect. I could probably see that, I guess. But my like response to that would be that he's so agile and quick that it may look fake, even though it's not. He's you just really I mean? fast. Yeah, that's what makes him Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, like he needs to be able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. right. Like that's it might look doing. kind of fake, but at the same time, like it worked within the character. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what did you guys think of? A, the sidekick, who I thought was hilarious. Yep. And what, the man like, in the chair? Yeah, the man in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> he there's, was great. There's a scene where they're just like messing around in, in uh, Peter Parker's room for a while, waiting for something to happen, and it's just hilarious. Oh, you know yeah, where they're, where they're watching, uh, where they're like tracking. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah. 
And then um, also the romance stuff, I thought they did a pretty good job of. Yeah. Well, with a friend, like, I feel like that's how a friend would respond to. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You're... Oh, yeah, totally. So can we tell everybody? Yeah. Because this is the coolest thing. Like, he's yeah. so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, we already Maybe said. we should tell everyone. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, well, and... it's definitely the coolest thing that's ever happened to either of them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it's funny because, like... Peter is resistant to telling people that he's Spider-Man, but he's not ruling it out. Yeah. Like, clearly that's a terrible idea, but part of, like, why I like this movie so much, and we already mentioned, is they nail the high school stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're, like, a loser in high school and you have this big of a secret, like, I don't care how high the stakes are, like, you would do it just to impress a girl or something, you know? Yeah. Like, I like that he was, like, you know, they were going to crash that party, which I kind of bummed that he didn't. I was kind of, like looking forward to that yeah um that whole sequence was great though because he's just like talking to himself in the mirror and he's like trying to hype himself up and he's super nervous like i love yeah. all of that stuff when this is minor but the whole flash character we've seen in both the other movies and i kind of liked how they didn't go the like the typical jock douchebag route for this one right like his the nerdy douchebag yeah like he was he was kind of a bully kind of a douche but at the same time like DJ Flash. <laughs> like, they, they were, like, in the same circle. So it was, like, he was kind of just, like, growing them a little bit more than he needed to. But, like, just watching the Toby Parker, or Toby Parker, Toby McGuire one, it's just, like, a total typical douchebag, drives a cool car, you know, like. But he's just a huge jock. Whereas yeah. this one, they just went for rich kid. Yeah. Know? Which I like. It's like, you know, yeah, he's the rich kid. He doesn't also have to be a but jock. But with, wasn't... like, when they're in the same room together, it's not like, oh, I'm going to beat your ass, Peter Parker. Right. It's just like, I'm going to make fun of you. Right. And I appreciated it. It wasn't just like the, like, so, like, because they're so stereotypical in The Amazing Spider-Man and in the Tobey Maguire ones. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't really think we need to get into spoilers on this one, do we? Well, we could, but... I- I feel like all that stuff is already like out on the internet and like people are already talking about it. It has like, been out for a week. But... Yeah, all the like, because there's side characters that are going to be more prevalent in future Marvel movies, and there's a lot of like backstory Spider-Man stuff that we could probably get into, but it's probably already been covered at least once or twice. I have one complaint, <laughs> which is kind of spoilery, but it's. I'll try and be as general as possible. Well, I mean, let's let's just say this. So we'll, we'll do like a very brief spoiler discussion. So okay. let, let's start that now. So I'll put it in the show notes again. We'll just talk about a couple small things. And that starts now. Okay. So the whole narrative with Spider-Man is he's not mature enough or he's not ready to become an Avenger, uh, which is totally legitimate. And he does a lot of like rash things where he's not really considering consequences, so on and so forth. Uh, Vulture's big plan is to make a heist off of a plane and instead of like informing anybody which at the moment probably wasn't I mean he was like in pursuit of of Michael Keaton's character when he realizes what Keaton's about to do Uh, but what ends up happening is he goes up to the plane with Michael Keaton and gets into a huge like messy battle and then they crash the plane almost into fucking Manhattan. 
And then onto a luckily completely empty beach. It was like Coney Island. And everybody's like, oh, you know, finally a change in behavior. And I was like, what? Where is the change in behavior from Peter Parker here? I'm not seeing it. Like, I just, I I don't know. That was my one, my one complaint. I feel like it's kind of a big one, but I just didn't really think it represented a change in behavior the way that they indicated afterward. Yeah. Yeah. He almost killed like 40,000 people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah um well the other the the minor like quibble i had with the movie it didn't really bother me until afterward but i you do definitely kind of have to suspend your disbelief when it comes to michael keaton's characters runs this construction company and they get their hands on some mm. alien technology and then they're just able to develop like super high-tech weaponry yeah. like where did that skill set come from they were fucking construction workers i know that you know that's a hard profession and there's a lot that goes into that but i you don't go from making a building to utilizing alien technology to create completely unheard of to movie man to movie which is ultimately why it didn't really bother me as it was happening but then afterward i was like man that's kind of convenient like, yeah i also thought that they could have just put a little bit in there for keaton's character to be a little bit more sinister before he had to move to using the alien technology because he seems like such a like a good guy you know and he's just looking out for his people and for his yeah. family and then he's like killing people and you're like uh, well i mean bit. it did take eight years so there's an eight year gap yeah. and then he kills i was so glad it was logan marshall green that got yes. killed i fucking hate that i guy. knew you would be happy as soon as i saw that. him i was like oh not him and then when he got smoked i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> um but other than that like i was even trying to i'm like i'm gonna be too effusive about this movie i need to try and like what what is there here like do i really like it this much I really I couldn't really come up with anything to like nitpick. I was trying to I was trying to be nitpicky because I just loved it so much. Yeah. And there were only a couple of really small things that I had issues with. Like. Yeah, I'm the same way. I really really liked it. Yeah, I feel like with most superhero movies these days, it's just gonna have that superhero fatigue for me, where it just has something working against it, where it's not necessarily the movie's fault, but it's gonna get. I feel like I was at the beginning of the year. That's how I was, but like. This has been a crazy year for superhero movies. Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, we got Thor Ragnarok coming out, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Like, Man, Marvel but, I mean, awesome. you're naming like you're naming good movies, but you're not naming like best movies of the year. You know what I mean? I mean, Spider-Man and Homecoming is one of my best movies of the year. That's you, Matt. Marvel <laughs> is so stacked with like the most fun characters. I, yeah, I still like, think Logan's for, the best for one. For TV or for movies, you know, just like Spider-Man, uh, Deadpool, The Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, just like the cleverest, funniest, like most fun to watch superheroes. It just makes me like kind of look at DC and just pity them with like Just Aquaman. wait. Justice League, Justice League <laughs> is going to be huge. No. Justice no, League it's not. Suck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not. Okay, any last comments before we move on to uh, what else we've been watching? Nah. Okay. Cool. Star ratings? I was going to go three and a half, but you guys, I think, talked me up to a four. So I'll go three four. Half? Yeah, four. Hey. Really I'll take low. a four. I'll Fours? take a four. Yeah. I'll take a four. That's I, better than Wonder Woman. Didn't you give Wonder Woman a three? I bumped it up to a three and a half, I think. Oh, nice. 
Uh, four and a half. Five out of five for Jesus me. Jesus Christ. Well, five I guess I can't talk year. shit because I gave five to War four and you guys aren't as excited about it. So. I think I gave it four and a half. Yeah, it's but true. Yeah. yeah, I gave it an F. What? <laughs> 60%. Okay. Well, let's move on to what else we've been watching this week. Um, so we all hung out this past week and we watched a 2017 release. Well, supposedly, we should say, I think, I don't want to say technically, the movie did screen in 2015, I think in the UK. Yeah. And then it did get a UK and like Australia release or something in 2016. But the movie we're talking about didn't get a US release until like this past May. So we're considering it a 2017 release. And I think other people are as well. So Here anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the movie that we're talking about is The Survivalist, um, which, well, we'll get into it, but uh, this isn't an official review, but I'll, I'll read the plot synopsis real quick, because I do think there's a fair amount that we want to talk about. Um, the synopsis reads, in a time of starvation, a survivalist lives off of a small plot of land hidden deep in forest. When two women seeking food and shelter discover his farm, he finds his existence threatened. So this is a movie that Travis, you got what was it, like Google Play you got off of, right? Yeah, it was like a dollar rental. It did get a small theatrical release in the U.S., but now it's just on VOD. Um, and we watched it. We did. And we, I feel like we were kind of all over the spectrum a little bit as what the sound of like coming out of that viewing. Yeah, well, Travis likes any film that takes place in the woods. So. And a nice, simple, <laughs> keep the themes nice and, you know, simple to follow, no crazy plot. It's, I mean, my issue with the movie, and I should say it's it's absolutely serviceable. Yeah. It's a good movie. I'm not going to say it's a bad movie. It's just, for me, I found it to be pretty unremarkable. Like, if you tried to write down a list of, like, okay, what are all the post-apocalypse literature and film tropes? And you just wrote yes. up a list. This movie hits almost all of them. Yeah, it's like you've got three or four options for the opening, for the ending, and for the middle. And you're going to find something that's been done before mm -hmm. in all three acts, for sure. So, it's pretty straightforward. So, I mean, this guy is living by himself. Uh, you learn early on that he was previously with his brother. So, that is kind of... You know, the plot, the story goes somewhere with that later in the movie. But essentially, there's just, like, a mother and a daughter who show up wanting help. And they have this kind of tense conflict where he is hesitant to let them into his circle. Cause he's Standoff. Standoffish. He's very much like, I'm doing just fine by myself. I've been burned before. So, you know, the movie does bring some stuff out of that concept okay what did i miss we're ju we're just we're kind of just just getting into it mm -hmm. we're talking about how negative have you guys gotten not too no. negative uh, <laughs> the negativity was mainly about you and your affinity for simple plots love him <laughs> get it out of there no plot we don't need this bullshit it was we talked about how it hits a, at least one trope for post-apocalyptic uh stories in all three acts of the film. Yeah, it does, but most of them do these days, so... 
It just throw that one out. didn't no. do anything original. It was pretty generic. Well, I do want to bring up, so we were talking about this after we watched it, and you guys criticized the movie for feeling like two other recent movies, but if you think about it, this movie was probably filmed before both of those. No. Yes. The Road? No, 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 no. The Beguiled and It Comes at Night. Oh, well, The Beguiled was just a... No, I know. That was just... Cool. It was minor. That's yeah. also based on a novel that's like 60 years old, so that also doesn't help. I know, but you did bring that up. <laughs> you guys did bring that up as a movie. Well, yeah, because, right, so without getting into spoilers, which might be kind of hard to do, I guess, but it's there's a very specific plot point from The Beguiled that is also used here. Yeah. And then uh, it comes in night... It's just a. It, it, there's more artistry to it. It's a post-apocalyptic movie, but the opening mm. to the movies are very similar. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. you said, it 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 definitely was filmed before it comes at uh, night. But yeah. just for them to come out in the same year, you're comparing these three movies together, and this was by far the weakest yeah. of the three. They're That's totally. Why I mentioned that. Um. Well, for me, I still prefer it comes at night, but I would prefer this over the beguiled. Uh. Not me. I. I didn't really love either of them, but the uh, yeah the opening scene is like basically a parallel, and then the plot is surrounded around at least one established group that is in a home that they consider relatively defensible, and then inviting new people into that home, like that's mm-hmm. so I I think it's coincidence, but it's like crazy how similar those movies, the premise of the movies is yeah. So what I like about this movie is I did really enjoy the opening credits, the way it like portrayed that graph. I, I thought too. that was lame. I thought no, that was cool. I thought it was lame at first, but then about halfway through, I was like, actually, I'm super into this. I but then it lost. That was I thought that was out of place though afterward because that was like kind of stylish. It was and then no style for the rest of the movie, only tone. I thought it was a cool and simple way to get that point across without like doing like a like a newscast, like oh, this is the state we're in right now. You see, but they gave you that was all they gave you. I wish they just hadn't given anything. Like I wish the movie would have just started. Like I would have yeah, done. I would have been fine yeah. without that. It's such a small. You probably don't even. I mean, you don't even need it. Like no. we'll we'll figure that out when we get into the the movie. Right. Part of what I like so much about like post apocalypse films and literature is the ones that don't give you a background. The They're not concerned about what happened before. They're concerned about, you know, what this situation does to humanity now and how we cope yeah. with it. Which, you know, this movie does for the most part. And it didn't do anything poorly. Yeah. But I feel like it didn't do anything particularly well either. Well, so I like the simplicity of it. I like the lack of dialogue used. Like, you don't even hear the main character speak until maybe, like, 15 minutes in. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And film is a visual medium and... Like, you should be able to express what you're trying to say on film without using dialogue. And I think this movie did that really well. Yeah. Medium is a good word to describe the visuals in this movie because they're super not remarkable, but they're not amateurish either. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not how you're using that word, but like, the look of the movie was right, but super no, 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 like the, nothing. Like, for me. They, they would get their point across of what they're trying to do in the movie without saying anything. No, I don't. Yeah, that's, I was just using that. Well, yeah, like to lay down. Sure, a sick burn. There wasn't. There wasn't a lot of 
scenes that stood out as far as like spectacular there was one really cool one in the middle i like the way they the one they blew their whole budget on yeah the one yeah. we <laughs> joked about how it gave perspective of both sides of the conflict uh i thought they did it in a cool way yeah it was tough to watch though i definitely it didn't shy away from the bleakness of the situation definitely so what not. i was gonna say is <laughs> unique about this film is that it's very very bleak they're taking um uh, the kind of realist approach to post-apocalypse yeah. living, which is pretty fucking not fun, and uh, <laughs> there's no music in this movie. Yeah, no, it's definitely not fun to watch. Like, this is like, like when I said that, like, when I talked about kids, like, I would put it in the same kind of camp as far as, like, it's really good, it's effective, but it's not enjoyable by any means. Yeah. Yeah. No uh, no bad ape in this one. No unpleasant. No, definitely from the bleakness. Not, I don't not think a there's a, a there's smile no or a laugh. Like there's nothing. No, no. <laughs> I did like all the like survivalist elements of it though. Like there's some stuff I've never even seen or heard of is like in a movie or even like a means of survival. Just like techniques that he was using. Yeah, like the maggot thing is like the biggest one. Gladiator. Oh, well I've only seen Gladiator once and I don't remember that. But. Like in the ones <laughs> Oh. I thought that was cool to see it in this movie. Yeah, the the main character, for the listeners, the main character gets wounded and he gets infected. And to clean the infection, he takes maggots off another dead body and puts it on the infection. Yeah, it's a bold, bold choice. Mm-hmm. That was cool, though, because, like, you didn't even know what he was doing yeah, until, like, that, until it cut to the next scene. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool touch. Um, yeah. I'm mostly just being overwhelmingly negative, just to be contrary. And I did <laughs> like the movie. It was fine. You did also say it felt like it was four hours when we finished. It felt long. But God damn, see, I, I was don't so think, bored in the middle. I don't think it felt long or boring like at any moment in it. Mm. But I, I lost interest in the middle, for sure. There were some... Um, like sexual themes and like reproductive themes that I thought were uh, pretty powerful. I don't know if they really nailed it and made me feel anything because it was in just silence. There was no like sad music or anything. There's also a twist that happens with yeah. uh, the people who come into his home toward the end yeah. that saw coming from a mile away. As soon wait. as they started setting that up, I was like, oh, this is what's going to so happen. So wait, Tom, did you... Then that is what happened. Did you need music to make you feel a certain way? Like in kind of with War this. for the Planet of the Apes? Not that music. <laughs> I don't need fucking chimes every time. No. Uh, but just what did you just guys... some sort of music. Uh, just, just something. something. God damn. Anything. A sound. Just give me a sound. Build tension in more than one way. You know, because like yeah. silence after a while just becomes boring. Well, it depends on how you utilize it. No Country for Old Men has no music. It has that some, uses... but it's very little. Does well, it yeah, really? Okay, that's it's almost entire. You don't even notice it in that movie, though. Suspenseful movies I've ever seen. Right, because you don't really notice that there's no music until you get to the end, and they're like, "Oh, there's no fucking music in that." Whereas this one, you're just like, oh, "There's no music. There's nothing happening. Like, what the fuck?" Um, I was just gonna ask you guys, where, where did we ever figure out where this movie was filmed? Uh, the UK. Uh, the it's UK. a British movie. But there's some like fairly gratuitous nudity. You know, there's a yes. lot of full frontal, and yeah. there's also some like masturbation. Uh, some masturbation, yeah. Uh, do you feel like that added to the movie, or took away, or just felt like? 
the masturbation I, thing i thought that was stupid yeah yeah it didn't need to be there didn't add anything there's a pretty graphic scene later in the movie that maybe didn't need to be there but the it had like, the brutality of it you know it had meaning it you know it being graphic lent itself to that particular scene because that's a fucked yeah. up situation to be yeah in. yeah I didn't mind that. It was tough to watch. But the masturbation scene had, like, very, very little purpose and also just kind of leaves you wondering, like... And we, we should say, it's not just, a, like, you watch him, like, stroking his dick. You see the dick Yeah, have you guys ever seen that in a movie? Engorged. Like, an actual, like, dick being stroked? Dude, I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna talk about it later. Oh, okay. I watched the movie with so much dick in it. What, you watch, like, Ken Park? <laughs> no. In the we'll, we'll get there. So much, like... I watched a dick come. Wait, you watched Love? In movie. No. Oh. no. We'll, get we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to move on, too. Because I, yeah, I need to hear about this movie. You need to put this on my watch list. Well, I can go first if you want. You want to do Star Ratings? It's a new movie. You always know. Sure. Uh, I don't know if you thought about it, but I gave it a three. Uh, I gave it a three, too. I gave it four and a half. <laughs> I was going to give it a five for a second. Oh, Jesus. Because it... It did what it set out to do. Like I thought it was very effective. And that should be a three. Then it did what it set out to do, but didn't do it particularly well, if you ask me. Anyway, like setting out. I but feel like there was nothing. Like well, I feel like there's a there's a conversation about like how you rate movies, like in general, that like we could probably get into. But like, I feel like sometimes my star ratings won't be consistent. Like if I were to put the survivalist up against another four and a half movie that I've rated, I'd be like, oh, there's no way it's the same level. But like for this movie in particular, like there was nothing really that took away from it. Like from it being like a perfect movie within this movie, besides like it being a little too familiar than because there's been a lot of post-apocalyptic movies lately. I feel like in it did feel a little bit familiar in a sense. Did you have a post-apocalypse fatigue? No, never. <laughs> just just Marvel. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, uh, it's it's worth checking out. I guess I'm not going to recommend it, but I mean, Travis really liked it, and it's you know, I guess you could say it's a powerful movie. I didn't find it to be, but I could see how someone could. It's very well done. I will say that. It yeah, is a well made. It. I mean, I'm excited to see what the this guy does next. Yeah, keep an eye on. Keep an eye on the sitch. Um, James Bond for sure. We uh, all have quite a bit to talk about, and not a ton of time. Mine will be so, quick because you guys have already talked about all of my movies. Okay, well that's fair, but still, let, we'll try and like kind of rapid fire it. I also feel like people might get kind of bored sometimes if we spend too much time yeah. and watching stuff. So we'll we'll go through, but we'll touch on things pretty quickly. But since we're on the topic, I'll start with the the, the dicks that I saw get Hell sucked. Yeah. Uh, oh, I watched. <laughs> Uh, gay porn? No. I watched uh, Stranger by the Lake. Have you guys heard of this? Oh, I've been meaning to watch this. Me too, for a long time. It came out, this is a 2015 release. Mm. Um, I believe it's French. And it's been on Netflix for a long time. But basically, it's about this uh, lake. And there's a notorious like uh, cruising spot where you know gay men will go and they'll meet and they'll go out in the woods and they'll bang. So there's a murder that occurs... And then you find out that this murder 
murderer, I should say, uh, starts to form a relationship with the main character. So you know he's a murderer, but the main character doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's basically the whole thing takes place on the lake. So it's a lot of men talking to each other, and there's a lot of graphic sex scenes that happen in the woods. Like you see, like he finishes the dude, and you just see like a hand stroking a cock, and then you see the cum come out and everything. You see well, it's <laughs> unsimulated sex. Like you see like a blowjob scene. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, the dudes are just walking around naked, so they're just hanging dong all over the place. It's a really good movie, though. Mm-hmm. It uh, It's filmed very well. It's a beautiful film. Uh, it's interesting. It's very much a slow burn. Uh, it's about their relationship, and you know that this guy is going to murder somebody. You know sh- bad shit's going to happen, but you don't know exactly when. Wait, so you know before he becomes a murderer that he's going to be the murderer eventually? You see the murder happen, and you find out relatively quickly who the murderer is, but the characters don't know who the murderer is. So they're kind of learning. All the characters are learning who actually is suspected of committing the murder, and there's a cop involved who's like, but it's uh, not a flashback. Is this like a, no. a different okay. take on the slasher genre? No, it all happens over the course <laughs> of like, <laughs> it all happens over the course of like a week, um, and it was good. I didn't, I didn't love it, but it was pretty tense, very much a slow burn. Looked beautiful, mm-hmm. um, definitely worth watching, especially if you like coming. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Favorite genre. Uh, so it's on Netflix. It has been on Netflix for a while. Check it out. Um, another thing I watched on Netflix, and I texted you guys about this. I watched a Japanese movie called Tag. Oh yeah, it's bonkers. I watched the preview for that. It was wild. It's fucking crazy. It, it's essentially uh, uh, Japanese schoolgirls. Uh, the main character, she's on a school bus with her friends. It's not a school bus, but they're on the bus, and then everybody gets killed. I won't say how because it's amazing. But she basically finds herself in this kind of, you don't know if it's an alternate reality or what, but she's like reliving these situations with different people, but everybody recognizes her, but she doesn't know who she is. So she's like a different person. She's like, basically bad shit happens. She like wakes up and she is someone else and then bad shit happens again. It's basically an excuse to see like crazy murders happen. Mm -hmm. It's very graphic very fun uh very strange strange movie but it looks really good like there's a certain amount of artistry to it that it's not just like trash cinema you know like some thought actually went into it but it's also really fun and just kind of gonzo more fun than train to basan uh it's much stranger than train to basan it's like more graphic in it's like I don't want to get into it. It's like 80 minutes long. You should check it out. It's if you're into like crazy gore, but like unrealistic gore. Like if you've seen Japanese movies that aren't like audition, like not Takashi Miike stuff, but like other kind of hyper violent Japanese movies, like like Kill Bill, the violence yeah. in Kill Bill. You know, lots of blood, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Just a fun gore movie. It was really good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, and then let me just do one more real quick because I have. Wait a few this week. Not as many as me. Fucking bored. <laughs> John, so many movies did you watch this? Uh, well, how many did I watch or how many am I going to talk about? That's a different question. <laughs> no, I'm just curious to know how many you watched. <laughs> Jesus. I don't even want to say. It's kind of embarrassing. Like 20? 
Probably more. Probably like closer Fuck. to thirty in the last two Are weeks. You, what? Are you kidding me? Jesus, how? I had a week off. I watched like I don't know two, you three movies a, a day. Off. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, I did. Yeah, I did have a week off, Tom. Uh, to keep the no, horror. <laughs> uh, to keep going on the horror horror line, I watched Deathgasm. Yeah. Uh, it premiered at SIF a couple years ago here in Seattle, but it's a New Zealand movie, and it's basically about these, like, outcasts who are into metal, who, like, kind of join together, and they start a band, and they basically summon a bunch of crazy dark magic, and then people that turn happens. into, like, zombies, basically, and it just turns into a fucking bloodbath. Mm-hmm. It's like a hyper-violent, super metal, like... Sounds like know, Green Room. Uh, a lot less realistic than Green Room. Okay. This movie is crazy. Okay. Um, it was not amazing. It was fine. You know, if you like fun deaths and, you know, tongue-in-cheek kind of meta horror humor, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. It's on Netflix as well. All right. If you're into that kind of thing, I would say check it out. Uh, Travis? Sure. So um, I did watch Spider-Man, the original Tobey Maguire one, and I already touched on it a bit, but this one does not age that well. Yeah. Like, from within the first couple minutes, I was like, this feels like a Batman movie. Like, the opening credits feel like a Batman movie, and the, gonna, the score does as well. back to how depressing those movies were. And, and well, and the score Batman. sounds very similar to a Batman movie, and then, of course, Danny Elfman's name pops up, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the main things I like about this movie is just Spider-Man swinging through the city, I think, is sweet. I love the look of both costumes of Green Goblin and this one. I still think this is probably my favorite look of the Spider-Man costume. I like the big, dark, like, defined web. You know, like the black lines mm, for his costume. I'm not as a new one. I, I much like prefer the, the costume in the new one, for sure. You guys are lame. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but it, the main reason why I don't like this is, like, it's just so, like, corny at times. Like, some of the dialogue is really corny, and, like, some of the scenes, like, where it goes, it's just very corny, and... The special effects don't hold up as well. And, like, mm-hmm. the action alone, like, the big action sequences don't really do much for me either. And it had James Franco, which, in retrospect, turns out to be a huge negative. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I actually i am not really a fan of this one anymore. I thought it was good when I saw it back in 2002, but... No bueno no. anymore. But I'm going to watch the other two and see how well those hold up. Two still holds up. I watched that a couple years ago. Yeah. Two is still great. And I have to make sure that three is just as horrible as it... I'm sure it is. <laughs> and then I rewatched Rise and Dawn to get ready for War of the Planet of the Apes. Five stars. And, oh, yeah. Both of them are five stars. I love Rise, the whole like beginning of Caesar and like how James Franco is basically raising like a super child. Like He goes through... like every beat of a kid growing up all the way up until adulthood mm-hmm. which is cool like he gets to like well like he misses his first word <laughs> but like he um like grows up with him at home and then like he has like the rebellious teenager stage and then at the end of the movie it's like basically caesar growing up and like you know it's okay for him to not come home anymore what happens to franco in that movie he just at the very spoilers for rise to the planet of the apes at the very end uh, he, they're out in the redwoods, mm-hmm. and James Franco's like, "You can come home, Caesar." And Caesar's like, "I'm home." And then James Franco's basically like, "Okay, 
And then that's the end. And then, yeah, his character never comes back. I'm assuming he dies in the plague, but it doesn't specifically say it in the entire trilogy, like, what happens to him. But I think part of it is because it changed hands, because, like, the original director was supposed to do Dawn, but he said he wanted more time, and the studio was just like, no, it's cool, we'll get someone else to do it. And then they got Matt Reeves to join on, and they just never contacted James afterwards, and I'm assuming they just went in a little bit different direction. Um... But yeah, I love these movies. Um, I love the bridge sequence at the end. It's probably one of the best sequences in the entire trilogy. You guys agree? Well, uh, like the bridge sequence is oh, one of the, the best sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. No, it's amazing. The movie's fine. No, it's awesome. No. I thought the bridge. I remember the bridge scene. It was the best part of the movie, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what are you? What's holding it back for you, Matt? I just find it very interesting. I just think that the themes that they touch on in Dawn, it also feels like they're planting a lot of seeds too. too. No, they're planting a lot of seeds. Well, I know, like with Koba and like him being like it's a lot of setup. So special, like I mean, this is like kind of throwaway, but there's even like a moment where James Franco's dad's holding up Caesar like he's Simba or Jesus or whatever, like in the kitchen. They're they're planting seeds along the way. It's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> the Planet of the Apes, another great movie. Are you starting with three rewatches when we said we have a ton of like? Not I'm much getting time through them. I'm getting through them. Just, <laughs> just settle down. <laughs> so this is probably my favorite of the trilogy. Um, I won't say too much because we're low on time. But the middle action sequence is probably like the best part about it. The the big war fight between the apes and the humans. Oh yeah, definitely. Like when Koba is running through the flames with like two assault rifles on the horse like that is just such an amazing image and then him on the back of the tank and it's almost like a pov shot of the tank like it's awesome see that's part of the reason why i think dawn and war so much better moments like that i don't remember anything like that from rise of the apes just like cool visual moments like that not as much but i mean the bridge sequence is probably like the the most like visually pleasing thing of rise But it is like setting up the whole trilogy, so <gasps> you have to give it a little bit of leans. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, Dawn is awesome. I think it's my favorite of the trilogy. Um, it even like it, it gets in the whole conflict of war, and like it shows like the horrors of war from both sides, and even like from like the children's aspect. Like there's like a young soldier who like has probably never even picked up a gun before, but he's asked to fight, and then um, like Caesar's son follows along Koba during that and like he just sees all this like chaos happening around him he doesn't really know how to react to it like he doesn't know if he should join in on the fight or not because he doesn't know like what his dad would do like it's good stuff you guys you're so wrong <laughs> trilogy is amazing um do you want to talk about something Tom uh sure I, I can I can knock mine out pretty quick because you guys have talked about all these movies in the last uh, couple episodes so I saw The Beguiled um, it was fine. It was it was good. Uh, not nearly as suspenseful or as sexy as I thought it was going to be. I kind of I could t- I didn't want to spoil anything because I could tell yeah. you were kind of expecting that. I was yeah. like, oh, it's not really that, but yeah, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Kevin was fine. Um, I liked the young girl too. She was a good character. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have a ton to say about it except that the most. Like, the coolest things about the movie were probably just, like, the time period, you know? If you like period pieces, unlike Travis. I don't. Uh, yeah, I did like this movie, though. Does. I don't, I'm not, like, crazy about them. I'm neutral. But 
I mean, if you're not into that, then don't watch this movie. Because there's really not a whole lot else to offer. It's pretty self-contained, though. Like, it is a period piece, but it's basically just on plantation, you know? So it's... You're right. You're right. But I just don't know what else you would watch it for. Like, I didn't leave that movie thinking, yeah. wow, I... I'm thinking about something from a new perspective now. I just think it was missing some sort of significance. Yes. Like, it was a good movie, and like, but it was just missing some sort of element that elevated it to something great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a reason why I should care, yeah. basically. Yeah, totally. Um, I saw Safe, which I will say is very interesting. Again, missing some payoff, I think. Uh, a lot of tension, <laughs> but like, why? You know, it's hard to tell. Uh, clearly a ton of artistry went into this like the yeah. the cinematography is the best part a lot of distant shots you know making you feel kind of detached disassociated confused the music the way uh, every scene is framed is like perfect yeah yeah i mean that's the best part for sure um julianne moore is really good in this movie even though she's like the most frustrating person on the planet in this movie because she can't even get out a fucking sentence um and I was annoyed that they'd never, like, played into the one guy that, I can't remember his name, but he's always wandering around the compound toward the end of the movie. Oh, the oh, one he's, guy. like, in the poster? Yeah, yeah, he's on the fucking cover. Who is that guy? That's <laughs> his story. He is weird as fuck. I don't fuck. remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. But so. you see him and you're like, everybody, like, the people I was watching this movie with, all three of us <laughs> were like, this guy knows some shit. Like, she needs to go talk to that dude. He is weird. And then nothing comes of it. I don't know. Uh, it's very, like, metaphorical, though. I think that movie was probably way ahead of its time. But Definitely. But has <laughs> lost a step over the years. Um, Fair enough. I disagree, but... <laughs> and then I saw The Big Sick, which was fantastic. Yes. I loved everything about it. I loved uh, that they didn't fall into 99.9% of the rom-com tropes. They did touch on like important things it was really funny without too many punchlines it's only got like one or two like big home run punchlines which are which are perfect and so funny um i also really really love the way this movie was paced because in a lot of movies where you have stand-up comedy uh you know there's a certain rhythm that goes with that but uh, this movie did a really good job of making the stand-up not the focal point of the film, but also using it as a way to sort of progress, you know? Mm-hmm. It had this really natural pattern that, I don't know, it just felt really good. Kumail is a star. He's going to be in everything. I already, did you guys see the Lego yeah. trailer? <laughs> Heard his voice. I was like, that's Kumail. Okay, he's going to be in everything. Yep. I love it because he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. he is great. Um, so that movie... Like five stars for me. That was so good. I loved it. You get a five star too, right, Travis? Yep. Sweet. Yeah. That's it for me. Oh, except for Jacob's ladder. I don't know if you guys want to. We can do that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Travis and I'll just kind of knock out. You have more than I do, so you knock out some stuff. Okay. Sure. So I watch. Well, this is a rewatch, but I haven't seen it since the theater. Be kind. Rewind. It's on HBO. <laughs> yeah. Michelle Gondry, right? Yeah. That movie's awesome. Like, I remember liking it back when I saw it, but I don't remember liking it as much as I liked it this time around. Um, I just love, like, the whole nostalgia factor it has with the whole video store and, like, making your own movies. And, like, I, I love all this the stuff of them, like, trying to recreate classic movies. <laughs> when they do the 2001 
they do like the the negative on the camera so it's oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just so goofy and but clever at the same time it's uh it's jack black and is it don Cheadle? no it's um what's his face is it Moz? what's his name most deaf oh yeah yeah yeah. most deaf yeah. yeah Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Jack Black's awesome in it. It's, it's a very wacky and like, kind of like unbelievable premise, but it totally works within the confines of its self. And, um, I saw a couple new movies. I saw Despicable Me 3 in the theater, which was garbage. Probably one of the laziest and most unimaginative sequels I've ever seen. Uh, put it right up there with uh, Hangover Part 2. <laughs> um, it's just, I don't know, I feel, they go back to the well so many times with certain jokes, like especially with the little girls. And like, this is total nitpick, but like, why don't those girls age at all? Like, they're still like the exact same character, the exact same age. Like, they're, they haven't evolved at all. Like, they're just still the same exact thing. That wouldn't really bother me as much. It, I guess it just kind of depends on the passage of time like yeah. it feels like a significant amount of time has passed because i mean it's over the course of three movies but I right mean, if they give the image of like a significant amount of time has passed and they still have an age yeah it would bother me but if they don't like actually bother touching on you know maybe how much time has passed i guess that's not that big of a deal but. yeah but yeah i mean like the the villain i didn't think was that interesting um uh, the it's plot, Trey Parker, right? yeah. The plot is very similar to the other movies, and like, like I said, a lot of the jokes are just rehashed of the older movies. Like the little girl still obsessed with unicorns, and like she makes the whole fluff. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, well, and like my theater experience was not ideal. Uh, I think I'm probably done going to see animated movies at a normal time <laughs> <laughs> anymore, just because like there's this group of like probably I don't know eight to twelve people like it was like a huge family or something they sat in our row and it was reserved seatings or reserved seating but they didn't buy the right seats or they didn't buy enough in that row because as they got closer to us they ran out of seats so the movie was starting the people behind us were like can you sit down because they were still trying to figure out where they were trying to sit and finally i was like do you want me to scoot over a few because there were still a few i could scoot over to make them all fit in that row and the dad was just like yeah he like he didn't say thanks or anything like that just like yeah, so I moved over, they, we sat down, and then the kid next to me, there was a buffer seat, but he was just, like, fidgeting the whole time, like, moving back and forth, like, moving around his seat, just, like, being obnoxious, and then at one point, he pulled out a fidget spinner and started spinning. Oh, yes. And I didn't realize how loud those things were until, like, I was sitting there watching a movie, and, like, it just sounds like a like a fan, like a loud fan. And I let him do it Dude, for... He clearly needed it. Yeah, he did. He did for sure. Until you stepped in. <laughs> well, yeah. This I've never said anything to someone in a movie theater. Like I've always been like so afraid it's going to backfire, or I'm just going to like think about it the entire time. But I was already not enjoying Despicable Me three, so I was like, "Fuck it." This is my one time to say something. So I let the kid do it for like a minute or so, and then he like calmed down and put it away. But then he pulled it back out like during the climax and was like just going nuts on it. I was like. <laughs> The first time I gave him, like, the death stare, like, if you do that again, I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And he stopped. But then the second time, he started doing it. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, awesome. 
No, I turned to him. I was like, you need to stop. And then he just, the rest of the movie, he was fine. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah. not how, how old was this kid? He was probably like eight years old. But still, like, his dad needed to put him in check or something. Well, and also, there was like this guy behind me who was probably my age. Just, it was almost like the guy behind us in Big Sick. Just like over emoting to everything on screen. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's Despicable Me 3. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> You're my age. <laughs> like, grow up. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Despicable Me 3 is awful. But I realize it's not made for me, so go out and see it, children. It's amazing. It didn't, it didn't bring your fidget spinner. <laughs> yeah. Bring your six brothers and sisters. Just have Br- bring your time. minion goggles. It's going to be Wear huge. a pointy, tall hat that even though you're tiny makes it so the person behind you can't see. And I did watch uh, To the Bone last night, the new Netflix anorexic movie. I'm thinking about watching it. Should I watch it? Um, it was good. Like the uh, the main performance by Lily Collins is good, and like I won't get too much into it, but. I have had a um, experience like this, not necessarily as extreme as this, but um, so I could definitely relate to it a little bit. Um, but like the way the movie ends is kind of iffy, and it does feel like one of those like after-school special type movies where it's like bringing spotlight to an issue. But I feel like is it is it like heavy-handed, like too heavy-handed with it? Um, as being I, yeah, like, I would uh, say so. just i mean i mean mostly like adults like we're all familiar with eating disorders yeah and like how they're like part mental and all that and so like i don't feel like it was anything new but it was still well done with what it Mm. did okay i might still check it out uh go ahead matt um, I watched Gremlins for the first time. I had never actually seen Gremlins. With Gizmo? With Gizmo. <laughs> Gremlins is fucking awesome. Yeah. I loved it. It holds up. It's really funny. The The puppets for the Gremlins look amazing. It holds up. It's really fun. Uh, I mean, it's a 30-year-old movie, so I'm not going to say much more, but mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Gremlins, like me, watch it, because it still holds up. And if you haven't revisited and you're wondering... Watch it, because yeah. Gremlins is awesome. I definitely <laughs> want to see Gremlins 2 now, because I know Gremlins 2, not as many people like, but some people like it more, because it's like more comedy-focused, yeah. and it's like apparently super meta, is what I've heard. Oh, okay. So I'm, I want to check it out. I yeah. Gremlins I remember those movies from when I was really young, but it's been so long, like I probably couldn't reference anything from them, so I'd like to go back and watch them, especially after your ring and endorsement. Who's the uh, evil Gremlin? What's his name with the white hair? Stripes. Stripes. All right, I've got... The movie fuck. scared me, which is embarrassing to think about now. I have four left. I'm just going to knock them out because we're running out of time. I watched Troll Hunter for the first time. How was that? that? Uh, it was good. It was yeah. really good. It's that like Norwegian okay. troll hunting I didn't really like that. I saw it a few years ago like, when it came out. I thought it was too goofy and just... It was fun. It was kind of cool. Uh, there were some tense moments. I think it might be a little over overpraised. Like, some people really like that yeah. movie. Yeah. I like that it was, you know, a found a, an interesting take on a found footage movie. Um, I don't really have much more to say beyond that. It's it's been out for a couple of years. It was fun, you know. Yeah, it's worth a watch for sure. Uh, I watched Daddy's Home with Will Ferrell and oh uh, Mark Wahlberg. Just in time for Daddy's Home too. Dude, Daddy's Home too looks hilarious. 
It does look Daddy's Home funny. 1 was Is not Is that very why you good. watched it? No, I just, <laughs> I wanted like a dumb comedy. Yeah. And I like Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. It was okay. You know, it did have some really funny moments. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember seeing the trailer for that first movie, but there's a part where Will Ferrell rides like a motorcycle into a house and like, I don't that know. was really dumb. Like, there are some really, <laughs> really dumb moments. Is it in like when he crashes a car into a house in Talladega Nights? No, not like that. Worse. Way worse. Like, mm. CG Will Ferrell riding a motorcycle fucking upstairs in a house, flying out. The, like, it was bad. <laughs> but there were some funny moments in it. Um, overall, I would say it's probably like a two and a half or three. Like, it has some redeeming moments. It made me laugh. But mostly it's just fine. The new one does look pretty funny, though. Um, I watched this movie, new Netflix original called Counterpunch. It's a documentary about boxing. Uh, Like three boxers, one who's like a young up-and-coming rookie, one guy who's been boxing a long time, trying to get into the Olympics, and then another guy who was like a professional boxer, and he was like undefeated. And so it's like, you know, all three ends of professional. Yeah, you have like the seasoned amateur trying to get in the olympics you have the arrogant up-and-coming rookie guy and mm-hmm. then the pro so you know I, I like boxing so it was fun to watch but the personalities aren't that interesting their their stories are are worth following like i get why they made the movies but it wasn't anything it's not like a must-see documentary um so check it out if you like boxing and it's on netflix but uh Talk about must-see documentaries. I finally saw Man on Wire. Oh, yeah. Mm. It was incredible. Really? I don't know how much you guys know about the story. It. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's gnarly. It's so riveting. Mm. And the guy who did it is very articulate, very quirky, and lived a very strange life. So mm. interviewing him, you get all the side characters, so all of his accomplices are interviewed. There's even like a little love story aspect of it. It was, I was like blown away. It was very, very, very. I remember liking it, but I, some people like say this, that's one of the best documentaries ever made. And I would disagree with that. I would say it's one of the best documentaries. (laughs) Did you guys ever see, I was, uh, I got really, a really sterling recommendation for that movie about that Mongolian girl who hunts with eagles. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It just came out last year, I think. It's like the Eagle Huntress or something like that. Yeah, Eagle Huntress. Neither of you guys saw that? No, I haven't even heard of it. Okay. I might try to watch that. Might be streaming somewhere now. Yeah, it probably is. Netflix. Are you That's done, Matt? Yeah, okay. Breeze through the last couple. All right, I will try and do the same. So I watched the Lunchbox last night. No, I have no idea what that is. Um, so it takes place in Mumbai. It um the the basic plot is this wife she cooks dinner for her husband for lunch every day. Or did I just say she, she cooks, cooks dinner? dinner for lunch? She cooks food. She cooks lunch <laughs> for her husband, mm. you know, for work every day. And um, there's, like, this really complicated food delivery service where, like, the this group will pick up lunches from all these different houses and then deliver them to the workplaces. And somehow the lunch gets delivered to the wrong place. And so this, this guy gets that lunch and then he loves it and he's like where did this come from because the whole story behind him is like his wife has passed away and so he doesn't have anyone to make food for him so he has like this like restaurant make food for him every day and that gets sent to him but somehow 
he gets her food instead. And then there's like this relationship that develops through notes between the lunchbox. Mm-hmm. So she like, she writes the note to him, like, you're not my husband. Like, how did you get this? Blah, blah, blah. And then like a relationship forms. But I love the whole, like the plot device of the lunchbox and like how the characters develop this relationship and learn things about each other just through notes and through lunch. And like, they're both very lonely and um, like he just gets so excited to get this lunch because it's an amazing lunch and her husband takes like her for granted and her cooking for granted Mm -hmm. so it plays into that Um, and then he's also like much older than her I'm trying to go quick but (laughs) this I, I love this movie it was really good like I mainly like the whole interplay between the two characters but it's it's a really good movie and it gives you like a slice of life you're not really familiar with so when did it come out 2013 oh, okay where'd you watch it ran it from the library blu-ray though um, huge <laughs> so is it a romance or is it just like a, a relation like a friendship it's both i would say yeah yeah don't want to get too much into it no then I uh, I rented the a hijacking from the library, which is basically like the uh, realistic portrait of Captain Phillips. Mm-hmm. It's not the Hollywoodized version of it. Which version's better? Um, I would say they're both like on par. I liked them both, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's really good. the The movie spends a lot of time between like the deal between the the group who owns this freighter boat and then the Somali pirates who take it over. Yeah. I never saw Captain Phillips, but Sarah loves it. She's good. It's really good. Awesome. This is really good as well. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it, but I would say if you like Captain Phillips or if you like other movies that are built off tension and this whole like hostage type movie, then I think you'd enjoy it. Um, I rewatched Joy and Silver Linings Playbook. Joy is okay. I feel like the performances are good, but besides that, not much else. Like, it's a pretty bland story. Like, the filmmaking, I don't think, does anything interesting or new or exciting. It's just very bland. I never saw it because I got shit on. Yeah, Yeah. I would say you guys could easily continue to skip (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But I did remember thinking the same thing about Silver Lines Playbook, maybe not being as bland about it. No, 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 like, like, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was as good as everyone else said it was. But on a rewatch, I fucking loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Yeah. Like, I love the relationship between Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. And the way the the movie escalates to the end and the whole, like, dancing sequence is awesome. There's, like, a payoff with a note that is amazing. Um, some of the relationships, like, the whole family dynamic is really good. Like, Robert De Niro has a couple really good scenes. Yeah, dude, he kills it in, like, five minutes of that movie. Yeah. And I also like how football is a huge part of it and, like, the whole, like, Sunday football thing because, like, I can definitely relate to that Mm -hmm. in my life. So, uh, really good stuff. Um, A lot of these are kind of rewatches, so I'll try to be quick. We gotta go. So, Um, if there's something you really want to talk about, talk about it. So, I rewatched Dread. Um, It's simple. It's fun. It's very stripped down. Like, it doesn't feel over long at all, but... 
Um, besides that, it's fine. It's not. It's very similar to the raid, but not as good. Um, <laughs> I watched the Gumball Rally, which is like a car movie from the '70s. This was a recommendation from my uncle, who he recommends a bunch of old '70s movies to me, especially car movies like The Driver or like the old Gone in 60 Seconds or like what is it, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry or something like that. Like. um but this one it's it's just like a fun like road movie across the country um i would say it's worth watching but it's not anything special Mm -hmm. and then i watched uh downhill racer which is a skiing movie it's been released by criterion the main um, actor is robert redford he's like a really like egotistical type skier and he just like wants to be the best and he wants to win um I thought it was really good. Like his character was good and just his whole, you know, him being like wanting to be the best. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but the, the shots of all the mountains were spectacular. And then also like the filming of the ski sequences was pretty awesome as well. Cause like now I feel like there'd be a lot of effects used, but for this movie, I don't think there was, it was made in 1969. So like some of it's just like POV shots, like as you are the skier and like very fast pace and like it just looks really cool like you feel like you're going down the mountain so um i thought that was really good um i watched scarface for the first time nice finally i mean i watch like it's a three-hour movie but i don't really have much to say about it (laughs) which i feel like is yeah like and not a lot happens i mean like i thought like the epicness epicness of it is cool and like seeing his whole rise and fall is cool and like the last 15 minutes is pretty sweet like them all coming to his mansion and a huge firefight goes down but i don't know like i think i maybe missed like the time as far as like when to watch it you know like yeah like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was good but i don't i don't really have much to say about it just... That's one of the most like iconic gangster movies, but it's not like as revered as a lot of them. Like if you yeah. ask like Snoop Dogg what his favorite gangster movie is, he'll probably say Scarface. You know, like yeah, it's gangster like real gangsters like Scarface. That's like their favorite movie. Like, yeah, on my dad's side of the family, cousins and shit, they fucking love Scarface because it's you know it's that rags to riches, yeah, and downfall. You know, you remember specific moments from Scarface because there's lots of iconic scenes, but it's it's kind of boring. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's a good movie for sure, but the iconicness of it almost like trumps it, like as a movie in itself. Man, it's just all Pacino though. I just love seeing. That's, Pacino I mean, he do, is that movie. Just do yeah. what Pacino does. Well, and that movie probably went places that most movies hadn't, like for that time period. Yeah, because it's pretty graphic at yeah, times, and for the '80s, like that was probably a big deal. Um, I have two more that I'll just touch on real quick. So I watched Grave of the Fireflies based off oh, yes. Matt's recommendation. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Probably one of like, the best anime movie I've seen so far. It's my favorite. I still need to see that in Paprika. Did you cry? Yeah, those are both. I didn't cry, but how? you know how, I, how? I, I, I'm a soulless person, oh Matt. God. Can you see how that would be oh, an yeah, emotionally definitely. devastating movie? Like, it's a it's up. very devastating um yeah I, I this is like when i watched right after we recorded last time so oh, okay. it's kind of 
drifting from me a bit, especially because I've watched like 30 other movies, but I do remember really enjoying it. Um, cool. I'm glad I liked it. Well, yeah, I mean, it was devastating, but it's very good. And the last one I want to touch on is I watched Jean Dielman, directed by Chantal Ackerman. It's on the Criterion. It's a three-hour and 20-minute movie about a widowed housewife who just, like, goes about her day. And, like, Sounds fucking terrible. terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. It does sound terrible. And it is a very daunting watch. Like, it feels like a chore. But it's incredible. Like, the way they do it, it's just, like... It's like the slowest burn of a movie you could ever watch, but like I would recommend it to anyone who's a fan of film. Like I feel like if like you showed this to a casual person, they would just be like, "That is the worst, most drawn out thing I've ever seen." But like I feel like like the the pain you go through watching it just like plays into the movie, and like this is like a like a love letter to her mom and like a lot of other moms out there where like they do a lot of shit like throughout their day that's not for them like it's just like they they don't have any pleasure in their day because their day is to please everyone else like Mm -hmm. they have to go run errands they have to do all the chores they have to make the food they have to do the laundry like and it goes into detail with all this and like she even has like a side well they don't really make clear what her job is but she like prostitutes herself to like get by so she does everything to serve her kid and it's just a long drawn out Torture. example of that yeah all right i'll put it on the but list. it's great <clears throat> i'd watch it it's the title's really long but in short it's jean dealman which is like the name of her character okay cool this is like supposed to be like the like quintessential feminist movie though yeah check it out tom jacob's ladder jacob's ladder was pretty bad (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys uh i mean maybe some people like it Uh, i I was in high school or like early college late high school i I mean i would be honest a lot of it has faded from memory in the last two weeks but it's not scary it's supposed to be, I think. There's a couple. I remember. Isn't there a moment where he's like on a hospital bed, being dragged through like a crazy hospital, and he yeah. sees like some gnarly shit? Yeah, he I is. vaguely remember. Okay, that. and it's supposed to be scary, but it's really not. Really? Like the Ugh. heart goes rattling over some like bloody bones, and they're just—they look like shit. I don't know. Everything looks so fake. Uh, I, I guess there are a couple of moments that are slightly scary, and there are moments where you think something's going to jump out at you, but it doesn't. Um, I don't know. It's just like this bizarre sort of Vietnam vet, uh, you know, hallucinate hallucination. But you're not sure if it's just he's crazy or if he's like actually being possessed by demons or if this other theory that he and his buddies come up with is what's really going on. And I don't remember if you get a clear answer from that. I think you do. Is it one of those movies from the 90s that just ages terribly? Yes. That's what it looks like. But yeah, I'm is. still curious exact, to see That's exactly it. what it is. Um, I didn't think any of the performances were that great or notable at all. Um, I don't know. I give it two and a half stars. I thought it was pretty... Anything good about it? <laughs> um, 
Gosh, I want to say that there was one like kind of dream sequence that was kind of cool. I do remember there being a sweet dream sequence. I don't really remember anything about it. God, man, I should have written it down because this stuff is just like fading. They just kind of in and out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you just are not enjoying a movie for the whole time, it's like yeah, yeah. Like your recollection of it is very fuzzy. Yeah. Sarah watched it with me, and she was also not into it. Yeah, we, it was like thirty minutes, and we were like, "I can't believe we have to keep watching." <laughs> I would like to turn this off. I was hoping that would be one of those movies that, like, you would come back and be like, "Oh yeah, totally great." I believe. Yeah. No wonder oh, it's it was a cult like classic. It was like, like the first Pan's Labyrinth. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, let me have my movie back, and I'll watch it, and I'll be the true <laughs> test. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, we gotta get going, so that's gonna do it for this week. Um, did you have? We're not doing our. Run- we don't. We didn't even oh. write down our shit. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. Well, we'll. Okay. Put it on hold. We were gonna do a Rotten Tomatoes game. I still have to watch. Uh, yeah. Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. Do that. You have to do that by next, and then we'll get back in the swing of things. <laughs> then we'll get back on track. But um, next episode, it's gonna be a big one. We're doing Dunkirk. Fuck. And if we can, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, because that looks dope. Yeah. So I know I'm planning on seeing it, whether all three of us are able to squeeze in both. I'm going to see both, for sure. I'll probably see Dunkirk at least twice before we record. <laughs> <laughs> Travis is stoked. Uh, as always, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on, uh, not Instagram, you can follow us on Twitter. On at Tinder. Cinephile Digest. Hit me up on Twitter, ladies. <laughs> not Twitter, Tinder. God damn it. Um, Twinder. Twinder. And then That's a whole different app. send us an email. Email to the email box I forgot to check again called cinephilesdigest at gmail.com that's gonna do it for this week we'll be back in two weeks thank you guys for listening peace out peace out